Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. If I have my numbers straight, this is the ninth episode of the Liberty Cafe, and I'm really glad that you're here with me today. You'll see in a moment why getting numbers straight is very important. Elected officials don't typically like the truth. I can't count the number of times that that I and my colleagues, when I was at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, were chastised, berated, even yelled at by elected officials, both in, in public and in private, because they didn't like that we were coming before the Texas legislature and speaking the truth. There's a lot of places, matter of fact, every place is where the government doesn't like to see the truth being told. But there's one place in particular that I'd like to focus on today, and that's when it comes to the budget. The, the government, and it doesn't matter whether it's your local governments, your state governments, the federal government, they, they go to great lengths to obscure the truth about government spending. For instance, let's take a look at the federal budget. Oh, wait a minute. I just remembered you can't look at the federal budget because there's no such thing. It's been years since the federal government actually adopted a budget. They just live by these ongoing, uh, continuing resolutions. There's no plan. There's no outline. There's no document. They just spend money. And then when some new emergency comes up, they just spend more money. And of course, as we know, it's money they don't really have. So instead of looking at the federal budget, let's look at the Texas budget. Because it, at least here in Texas, we're, we're a bit better off because we actually have a budget. The Texas legislature adopts a budget in its regular session every two years. We have in Texas what's known as a biennial budget because the legislature, unlike most states, meets only every two years in regular session, so they have to adopt a two-year budget to cover that period of time. So while we do have a budget document that the government has to generally follow when it's spending money, and we can look at to get some ideas about what they're spending, in reality, the Texas government makes it very difficult to understand how the money is being spent and how fast government spending is growing. Why is that the case? It's really pretty simple because they don't think that a lot of their constituents, a lot of the voters, will like what they see if they can actually see transparent details about the budget. My guess is that most of the listeners to the Liberty Cafe would agree with me that government is too big. It's outgrown what government ought to be. It's outgrown God's purposes for government. And it is doing many things that government shouldn't be doing that should be instead done by families, by churches, by charities, or by private businesses in, in, in the market. And if you're with me on that, you're, you're not alone. Actually, a plurality of Americans agree with us. 42% of Americans, according to a Gallup poll, prefer less government and lower taxes than what we have today. There's also a very strong majority, 56%, who believe that the federal government has too much power today. 
So it's not a surprise that we don't see a lot of information about how fast government spending is growing, how big government is, because we wouldn't like it very much. And we might get the notion that, well, maybe we ought to vote those people out of office. So this is where we get back to the numbers that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. What I'm going to do today is go through a lot of numbers and try and understand what they mean when it comes to looking at the Texas state budget in particular. But I want to make it clear that what we're doing today is not really a math lesson. It's a lesson in civics. We're going to be looking at how elected officials and the bureaucrats play hide-and-go-seek with your money because they don't want you to know what they're doing with it. And the bottom line when we get to this process is that we need two main things when it comes to looking at budgets that we don't have today. We need simplicity and we need transparency. So the first thing I want to do when we talk about spending is the, the strategy-based budget. It wasn't all that long ago, I think it was 1991, I believe, that the legislature used to draw, adopt what is known as a program-based budget. And it, it made perfect sense. Right? So the legislature appropriates lots and lots of money, and they give it to lots of different agencies. But each one of those agencies takes that money and spends it on a program. It's a program like the Adopt-A-Beach program at the uh, general land office that was there. Or it's a pesticides program at the Texas Department of Agriculture. There's a, there's a lot of different ways that the government spends money, but they spend it through programs, which is natural. You have a big agency, you have a big budget, but somebody's got to be in charge of spending money on that one particular program. And each agency has a program-based budget because they need to know how much they're spending on each program, how much it costs, how much the employees cost, how much they're giving out to people, all those kinds of things. Well, that's not how the legislature appropriates money. Back in 1993, the legislature decided to instead change over to a strategic-based budget. And now they have these really big numbers. For instance, let's just look at the strategies of the Commission on Environmental Quality. That's the Texas EPA, if you will. Air quality assessment and planning, water assessment and planning, waste assessment and planning, air quality permitting, water resource permitting, waste management permitting. It goes on. But underneath those large numbers, for instance, uh, air quality assessment and planning, $121 million. Water assessment and planning, $30 million. Underneath each one of those big sums of money, there's a lot of programs operating. But we can't see where that money is actually going. And it's not just us. Most legislators can't see where most of that money is going. It's hidden from them, too. Only really the appropriators, and not even all the appropriators, but the appropriators on the particular subcommittee that deals with that agencies have really any idea where that money is being spent. And so there's no accountability. Another advantage from a, an appropriator's viewpoint, because you have to remember that the, the key goal of an appropriator is to appropriate money. They're not there to save money. They're not there to wisely manage your money. They're there to spend your money because that's how they gain and maintain their power. 
and their ability to stay in office. They get lots of contributions from the people they spend money on. They don't want other people to see how much money is actually being spent and, and where it's going. The second advantage for appropriators then is that the numbers are so big that it's highly unlikely that the governor will line item veto one of these major spending programs or strategies because it would basically wreck an agency. It would make, in most cases, make the agency unable to function appropriately. Now, we, we could argue and make a pretty good case that that agency shouldn't be doing a lot of what it's doing anyway. But in the scope of things, they have statutory responsibilities, and if the legislators put so enough money in one line item, it's going to make it hard for the governor to veto that. And so they don't. So there's no accountability to the public. There's no real accountability within the legislative system with other legislators. And there's really not even a accountability with the governor to be able to come in and do a line item veto. So that's why the strategy-based budget is not a good thing and why it needs to be reformed. All right, so we're going to move on to the second item I'd like to talk about when it comes to the Texas budget, and that's what I call session spending. So let me just give you some big numbers. When the Texas legislature met back in 2003, it appropriated $115.4 billion of your money. Last year, in its most recent session, 2019, it appropriated $258.2 billion. That means that between 2003 and 2019, the last 16 years, Texas state government spending has more than doubled. It increased from $115 billion by $142 billion. However, if you go look for those numbers in the official documents of the state, you won't find them anywhere. And that's because I'm using a concept that is, is simply, it's not even not just used by the government, it's like a foreign language to them. It's, it's actually anathema to them. And uh, I, I want to go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit here. What the legislature does instead of this is appropriate money by bienniums. Now, truly this makes sense. The legislature has to know how much money the state government has to spend over the next two years. And so they just do that. That's the, the, the biennial appropriation bill. It makes perfect sense. But for instance, when they do that, they also usually come in and appropriate money backwards, if you will. Not for the future biennium, but for the biennium that they're in right then. And so every legislative session, the legislature actually appropriates two forms of money present spending and future spending, and it gets everything all mixed up. Let's now go back, now that we have a little bit of a concept about what session spending is, let's go back and look at the 2013 legislative session. In 2013, the Texas legislature was flush with cash, and they spent every single penny that they could get their hands on. And at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, we saw this problem 
and we started to let people know about it. And not just the legislature, but everybody just went bonkers over what we were saying. So what they did was they took a lot of the money, the extra cash they had, and they spent it backwards into the, or into the current biennium. And what that did, of course, was that they put billions of dollars back into the current budget, and that raises the baseline. So when they look at, when people look at the, the upcoming budget for the next biennium, in this case, the 2013 legislature is appropriating money for 2014 and 15. It makes the spending increase look a lot less because they've added so much to the 2012-13 budget. And then they can come out and say that, oh, no, we're not increasing spending that much. But they really were. If you look at the uh, just the total spending by numbers, spending for the 2014 biennium went up by 9.74%. But when you look at the appropriations from 2011 to 2013, it went up 23.55%. The difference between those two numbers is the money that they spent backwards. And they raised the base so high that they lowered a 23% increase in appropriations to only 9%. You take that over a two-year period, you're looking at about less than 5% spending increase, which is too much, but it doesn't look that bad to the public. 23% over two years, 12% per year, however, looks pretty bad. So when, the, when we at the Texas Public Policy Foundation came out with this concept of session spending in 2013, everybody went crazy. Governor Rick Perry, who was a good governor, did a lot of good things, accused us of using fuzzy math. He, he wasn't the only Texas official who used that term towards us. That's why this episode of the Liberty Cafe is entitled Fuzzy Math. Not because we at the Texas Public Policy Foundation were using fuzzy math, but because the Texas legislature and Texas government itself uses pretty fuzzy math to hide all these different things. That was the problem we had back in 2013. Now finally, let's get to 2019. So for the last couple of legislative sessions, 2015 and 2017, the, the legislature actually did a pretty decent job of holding down spending. For instance, session spending increased in 2015 by less than 1%. Now, that, that wasn't such a great trick in one sense because it had increased so much the time before, it left with some room to play. But the amazing thing about 2015 was that they had a lot of extra money that they could have spent, but they didn't. And it, it's the only time that I can remember since I've been around in Texas uh, politics, Texas policy, uh, the legislature, uh, about 30 years now or so, that I can remember the legislature having a lot of extra money that they just didn't spend. In fact, they took a lot of that extra money and gave it back to taxpayers in the form of a cut to the state's franchise tax. None of us saw that directly because this was a business tax cut, but when you cut business taxes, it lowers prices and costs for us as well because those businesses are paying less in taxes. 
nothing else has changed, so they can start trying to sell things for less and undercut their competitors and, and or use that extra money to invest in new and better technology, better products. It's a boom to the economy. That was what happened in 2015. 2017 came along, and it was really a good thing they hadn't spent all that money because things were a little tighter in 2017. And, and uh, session spending only went up by 42 two percent in 2017 so for two years the legislature held the line on spending that's not the case when it comes to 2019 our session spending figure for 2019 is is 18.3 percent they went out of control this session it's pretty interesting to look at and see why they went out of control this session before I get to actually what they did and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the 2018 elections. As many of you probably know, there were a lot of close races in Texas where statewide elected officials held on, not by the seat of their pants, but it was a lot closer than it had been in the past. We had a lot of uh, congressmen and state representatives who got beat in the general election by Democrats. And I think what happened in the 2019 legislative session was that a lot of people panicked and they thought that the Democrats were coming and they came up with this crazy idea that the only way to avoid the Democratic surge was to act like Democrats and spend a lot of money. They, they went on a spending splurge, not unlike, not quite to the extent, but not unlike what happened in 2013. As I said before, our session spending number was 18.3%. Now, a lot of people don't like this session spending number because they say, well, it doesn't mean anything. It's not these biennial budgets we do. Well, it's actually the, the best measure of what the legislature does. They come and they appropriate money. And whatever they appropriate is a session spending number. And you just compare it to previous sessions, right? So 18.3 this time, 4.2 last time, 0.87 last time, 23.5 the time before that, 6.55 negative the time before that. You know, it's a simple, it's just one number. You can look at it. They don't like it, they go crazy. But even if you don't like our number, the, the actual biennial budget increase in 2019 was 14.64. That's a big number in and of itself. But they got around, they lowered it from the session spending number in part because they backspent some money. And what they spent the money on, both backspending and forward spending, was things like Hurricane Harvey, property tax relief, and then a massive increase in public education spending. Now, People will say, well, why should we penalize the legislature for spending a lot of money on Harvey? Well, we shouldn't, except that doesn't mean they should, if they spend more money on Harvey, that doesn't mean they should just spend that and raise the spending that much. They should stay within the limits of a budget just like we do. But they also got this crazy idea that we just needed to spend more money on education because voters wanted more spending on education. I'd suggest that most Republicans and conservatives don't want that. But that's what they did. So now we've come full circle. We've looked at years and years of government spending that lacks transparency and lacks simplicity. And of course, that's what I said when we began the show 
was that we needed simplicity and transparency, and we do, but they're not the whole package. What we really need to do to get control of the growth of government is just stop the growth of government spending. Next week, I'll be running a piece on the on Excellent Thought talking about the zero growth budget. Even conservatives have bought into the concept that we should just limit government spending by population growth plus inflation. But that simply doesn't work. First of all, they're not really paying that much attention to it. Second of all, even if we grew it at only population growth plus inflation, the size and scope of government would continue to grow. It's just not a valid measurement. So what we need to do is turn to this concept of a zero growth budget because that's the only way that we can ensure that we begin to reestablish our liberty here in Texas. Thanks for being with me this week on the Liberty Cafe.